Congressman Darren LaHood, he'll be in town today, a little bit later on this morning, visiting a hospital. He joins us now here on the WMAY Morning News Feed to talk about that and a variety of other issues. Congressman, thanks for taking time on WMAY. Uh, let's get right into it. Uh, don't want to keep you too long. You're a, you're a busy guy, but uh, good that we can connect you with the audience uh, here in central Illinois. Uh, so uh, you plan on uh, visiting uh, HSHS St. John's Hospital today. What's your focus? Well, Greg, thanks for having me on. Good to be with you and your listeners. Um, I've introduced some legislation that's going to help our nursing schools across my district and the country. And so uh, later on today, I'll be at St. John's uh, Nursing School um, at um, uh, at HS to talk about this legislation. If you think about it, Greg, uh, across the country, we're experiencing nursing shortages. And what our legislation does is it helps uh, College of Nursing, specifically at St. John's, uh, with uh, needed financial support. CMS last year tried has implemented a regulation that's trying to take back some of the money um, that goes to nursing schools uh, like St. John's. And so our legislation makes sure that that doesn't happen. I have four nursing schools in our district. Um, but what it also does is if you look at the nursing schools, um, what it does is it helps to keep nurses locally. Um, and what statistics have shown is people that go to nursing school, they stay local, they make a career out of it. Uh, and it's so important uh, coming through COVID uh, that, that we have good quality nurses. And so that's what our legislation does. Is it helps to stop the recoupment of CMS funding, which keeps money local in Springfield. And so uh, we have bipartisan support on the legislation. I've introduced it with a Democrat from Delaware, uh, and we're hoping that uh, we make this uh legislation into law this next session. And so uh, today we're going to be talking about that at St. John's. Congressman Darren LaHood with us. I uh, definitely want to talk about something else that you could be taking up uh, in this session, uh, dealing with uh, infrastructure in a bit. But uh, while we're talking about nurses and health care and ensuring that we have uh, enough of those uh, heroes to, to be on hand uh, in case uh, somebody ends up in a hospital, emergency room, or even just uh, needs more assistance at a doctor's office, nurses do incredible work. Uh, uh, and they've definitely been heroes over the past year and a half, and we see an uptick of cases uh, for COVID-19. Uh, hospitalizations not yet near where it was in April, uh, far from where it was in November, but we're seeing an increase here. Uh, how should we uh, mitigate COVID-19, um, especially that we have uh, vaccines that are widely available now? Well, Greg, it's concerning to see the recent rise in the COVID cases, as you just mentioned. And I think it's important for folks that haven't been vaccinated to speak with their doctors and get vaccinated. I think people really have two choices now, Greg. You either get vaccinated um, or you're going to get COVID. Um, And I got vaccinated because I know it'll protect my family. uh, And I know that the vaccine um, will help us get back to normal. And we've seen that. Regarding mandates, however, I believe that decisions on the mandates of COVID vaccine are best made by local officials in coordination with local health officials. What we don't need is to go back to more unilateral mandates uh, from Governor Pritzker. Um, We can't go back to a situation we're in last year with lockdowns on small businesses or on our schools. Um, And there is no excuse, um, you know, for why our kids shouldn't be in school five days a week starting this fall. And so, I feel very strongly about that. And the fact that, um, you know, we get lumped in with Chicago and other places, I think, is a real frustration. So, again, I go back to people should listen to their doctors, their medical professionals, 
people that they trust, not necessarily politicians. That's first and foremost. And then secondly, the vaccine does work. Don't listen to the conspiracy theories that are out there uh, and some of the other misinformation. They do work and people need to get them. We're talking with Congressman Darren LaHood here on the WMAY Morning News Feed at 745. I'm Greg Bishop. You can follow along Bishop on air uh, via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and the like. Uh, Congressman, I have yet to delve into this 2,700 page bill that the U.S. Senate is uh, apparently um, uh, getting ready to move on. Uh, And they say it has bipartisan support and it could pass on into the U.S. House uh, dealing with infrastructure. Um, What have you seen of this? What are some of the top line items? uh, And do you have concerns that uh, we can afford such a bill? Well, as you may be aware, Greg, the Senate has been meeting over the last uh, several weeks on this infrastructure bill. It looks like they're going to pass it today. The House has been out the last two weeks, so we haven't even been there. But we, if they assuming they pass it today, it'll come over to the House and we'll have a, 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 the ability to read it. Um, listen, it's infrastructure is something we need uh, in the state of Illinois, in my district. Uh, our roads and our bridges and our locks and dams and our airports and our rail systems, we need to upgrade those things. Um, I, I'm worried about how you pay for that. This is a $1.2 trillion bill. Um, some of it is paid for with leftover COVID money. That's a good thing. Um, but there's also a huge cost, about $260 billion over 10 years, that is deficit spending. That, frankly, concerns me. Uh, with all the money that we spent on COVID, we're 20, oh, close to $29 trillion in debt. Um, and, and so this is significant deficit spending at a time when our national debt is skyrocketing, uh, which w- will give me some pause as we look at this bill. So um, that, that's kind of the scenario I'm looking at. But obviously, uh, Greg, I want to read the entire bill, which I do with all of our legislation that comes before the House. So I'm going to do that when we get an opportunity uh, to have it come uh, to the House of Representatives uh, and then look at how it will affect my district before I ultimately have to make a final decision. 2,700 pages. Now, people who uh, don't necessarily read legislation every day, that may sound like a lot. Uh, is uh, the legislation similar to the state of Illinois where it's like double spaced and uh, you know it's underlined and whatnot? And uh, the way you pour through it is kind of look at what's underlined and changed? Or uh, how quick does it take you to read 2,700 pages of legislation? <laughs> well, um, to your point on that, yes, uh, it, 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 it sounds worse than it is. And I'm actually, I'm a pretty slow reader, but um, it, it, you, you get used to reading legislation um, w- when you've done it a few times. And so, um, you know, I'll take the time and look at it and, and uh, you know, they'll um, and, and see what's in there, uh, see where the money gets spent, see how, uh, you know, see how we set policy when it comes to infrastructure. You know, there's been a lot of the Democrats that have been talking about green infrastructure, talking about human infrastructure, talking about social infrastructure. Uh, I'm I'm frankly uh, one that defines infrastructure as concrete and roads and bridges and, uh, again, airports and rail systems. I'll be looking for that in the legislation. Um, And also, you know, where the money specifically goes, how much does Illinois get, uh, those type of things. And uh, obviously, how much is spent on the new Green Deal in there, uh, that's of concern to me also. So 
that's part of my job as a representative and the people that I represent across central and west central Illinois is to read the legislation and know what's in it before we vote on it. Well, and, and there's been talks about other, and again, I haven't delved into the 2,700 pages myself, but there's been talks about uh, uh, you know tracking uh, the, the mileage that people drive as an, in an effort to uh, generate more revenue if everybody's going to be driving electric vehicles. Uh, where do you stand on that and other elements that I've, I've, I've heard talked about? I haven't seen it concrete in the bill yet, but uh, that would have like some kind of monitoring device in the vehicle uh, to test for alcohol levels. I mean, are these the types of things that uh, may give you pause uh, if if that's something that uh, Congress wants to advance? Well, listen, anytime that you have the federal government monitoring people and where they drive and how uh, what they do in their vehicles, I mean, I, I think there's clearly um, privacy rights there. There's civil liberties rights there that have to be concerned uh, that that we should be concerned about. Um, what you're referencing is a program called Vehicle Miles Travel, VMT, um, you know, and, and that's a way instead of raising the gas tax is uh, to potentially charge people for the, the miles they travel. Now, somebody that represents a rural district like mine, where I, a lot of my constituents travel long distances, again, yes, that's concerning to me. Um, uh, right now in the trucking industry, for instance, Greg, uh, there is a lot of that being done. Uh, but, you know, that's the private sector driving that. That's not mandates by, um, you know, the federal government doing that. Um, for instance, if the federal government is involved with vehicle miles travel, who monitors that? Who knows how far somebody's driving? Uh, those type of privacy questions are very, very important to my constituents on how that's done. And so that will be an important part of this bill in looking at that before I have to make an ultimate decision on it. And Congressman Darren LaHood with us uh, finally here, uh, this one point some odd trillion dollar infrastructure plan coming together in the U.S. Senate. But uh, that's not going to be the only amount of spending that happens. Apparently, uh, Senate Democrats are lining up a three and a half trillion dollar bill uh, that has a whole bunch of other spending in it. What are you, what are you hearing about that? And again... <laughs> With uh, with the trillions and trillions of dollars that's been spent in the past two years on the COVID pandemic, can we afford this? And what's the what's the implication uh, if you know we don't increase the debt ceiling? If we uh, just continue spending without really thinking about how to pay for it? Uh, uh, talk a bit about uh, the the proposed spending that could be coming down the pike and what it means for uh, the United States. Well, the answer is no, Greg. We can't afford it. Uh, you know, this three point five trillion dollars is more money than we spent on World War II uh, in, in actual dollars. I mean, uh, this is on top of $2 trillion that Biden pushed through with the Democrats earlier this year for COVID-related expenses. This bill is a Democrat wish list. Uh, it, it is, uh, you know, I, I think absolutely ridiculous that we're going to uh, have no way to pay for it. And they describe it as human infrastructure or social infrastructure. It funds the entire New Green Deal. It, uh, you know, it, it focuses on all of the social programs, child care, uh, more unemployment insurance, focuses on public housing. I mean, these are all things we should have a debate about uh, individually and separately. But to lump a $3.5 trillion bill, that's really a Christmas list of, of Democrat and progressive uh, wish list items, I, I think is the wrong approach. Um, I don't know any Republicans are going to support it. It will be rammed through uh, through budget reconciliation. And frankly, uh, I mentioned earlier, we're twenty eight, twenty nine trillion dollars in debt. This will add us put us over thirty trillion dollars. Uh, our country can't afford that to put that on the backs of our kids and grandkids. And frankly, I'll be voting against it regardless of uh, 
of uh, you know how much they bring it down. Well, and what does it mean if we if we if, you know don't increase the debt ceiling and uh, default on some of our obligations in this country? Well, we can't default on our obligations. That's something that shouldn't be on the table. Um, I, it, it, you know, so um, I know that is something that comes up uh, every year, every two years. Uh, it'll be up. It looks like in September or October this year. Um, we, we can't be playing chicken with the economy uh, and the ramifications and collateral damage that will happen uh, to people that I represent if we default on our on our um, debt ceiling uh, obligation. So that, that has to be dealt with separately. Uh, but I don't equate these two together. I, I know um, Mitch McConnell was trying to get the Democrats to include this in this three point five trillion dollar package. Um, they didn't do that, um, which I think is a mistake. But there are not going to be any Republicans that support uh, this this particular bill. Congressman Darren LaHood, greatly appreciate your time as always. And uh, we've got the state fair coming up. We'll see you on the fairgrounds uh, on, uh, I'm sure, a couple of those days. All right. Be safe. Hey, sounds great. Thank you, Greg. Take care.